0: Casting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet. This is Alpha Mike on. And today's episode, we will discuss on episode 91. Heads up, the subject has a camera. Interesting subject. There's a lot to really talk about. This is being brought to you by the Think Out of the Box series. As you know, we have five platforms that we use on Radio Cop Nation. So this is on the Think Out of the Box uh, platform series, which is for law enforcement to have a different directional thinking pattern on this specific subject we're going to talk about now. It is, uh, I don't want to use the word plagued because it would not be proper. But it has affected law enforcement to a great degree and to the shame of a whole lot of agencies. And it needs to be perfected. Law enforcement has to meet the challenge head on. And we're going to talk about that. There is a lot to unfold always on Radio Cop Nation. And as a reminder, you can always uh, pick us up on RaiderCopNation.com and uh, you scroll down as you know the icons come up and you can connect with us on our Instagram page we just created it is at RaiderCopPodcast all one word and there you can look at our new um, Instagram page that we we have uh, posted up there so, as always, you know, the social media aspect has a lot of wasted time and effort. But it also is a place that law enforcement needs to dwell in. And uh, so we, we are happy to, to be a part of that. Now, I've got a lot of interesting stories, got like a lot of good news about our superhero co host and I can't wait to, you know, bring you some exciting news uh, on their lives and some things that are going on, as well as, uh, you know, our leadership quote of the week. So let's not uh, hold up the line here because we got a lot to go on and the cafeteria line is getting bigger by this second. So let's hit it. This week's leadership quote comes to us by the 40th president of the United States, Ronald Wilson Reagan. And the quote is, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same, so I think it's very interesting what he said, and it's going to really tune into what we're doing today, and we're going to speak on a little bit of uh, you know the First Amendment issues, and uh, so when you talk about freedom, it talks about how the founding fathers created our our fundamental rights in this country, and how they gotta they kind of get trampled on every day and some of us are willing and sheep to slaughter basically accept it and but you know there's a lot to talk about there but before we get to that as i told you i wanted to talk a little bit about some good news from our superhero co-host and uh primarily uh, we have three of our superhero co-hosts That have uh, generated me with good news. And uh, I want to share that with the audience so they know what's going on. Now, first of all, you haven't heard from calls for a little while. Gave them a little bit of a break. Summer season, kids getting out of school, want to, you know, family issues going on. You know, when you're a parent, there's uh, some major uh, events in life. Not only events that your child will go through first this first that first the other thing birthday parties and so forth but um summer vacations are one of them so we're respecting that giving them some breathing room so we should kick back up with our uh, super co-host right after the fourth of july slowly start picking them up as they become available and um we got a lot of interesting shows, folks, so uh, don't forget our website on RadioCopNation.com has been changed to upcoming events. You basically just see the current event and the next one that follows, uh, but if you scroll on the top browser, it'll show you the five platforms and uh, the list, the, the endless list of shows that are coming with no dates there. As, as this co-host becomes available, we throw that on the platform. So uh, what I'm going to start doing is the beginning of the month, like let's say uh, July now, I will introduce the, uh, the lineup for the month of July. So you basically know what's coming for the month of July. Now, our co host have shared with me and as I said, I'm going to share with the audience because, um, although, you, you know, we go by code names here, and some people have asked, well, why do you guys do that? Well, it was something that uh, Mike Sierra came up with. And um, it was part, it originally started as part of the gimmick of the podcast. Then we kind of understood that we were entering. Uh, a field in the podcast where people really don't like law enforcement or you have the other spectrum law enforcement officials kind of frown upon you. If you start talking about trade secrets, Mm -mm -mm, we don't like that. So as a result, um, we went with, uh, you know, I'm alpha Mike and it's forensic alphabet. Your first and last name. That's all it is. We got Mike Sierra and so forth. Um, the cop, which is uh, Alpha Quebec, is his forensic name. But we just call him the cop because it fit right in. And, uh, and then Wonder Woman and, and so forth. So some of them have forensic nicknames. Some of them we just gave them the nickname. Uh, but uh, from our co-host, uh, two or three of them are active law enforcement. The rest are retired. Wealth of information, and they are subject matter experts in a lot of areas. Now, that being said, get off to the, to the good scoop. Uh, Alpha, you're holding up the chow line. We want to know what's going on. I received uh, three, well, two phone calls, and, of course, one that I was gracious enough to, to be a part of, but I received the first phone call from our friendly neighborhood Wonder Woman, which has told me under no certain terms that I shall, will, as, as you know, if you're an active listener of the podcast, shall and will are biblical terms, will be in attendance for Wonder Woman's wedding. Yes, that's right, folks. Remember when we did the Wonder Woman episode? Told you something was a little strange. And we talked about Sparky and, uh, you know, which is now uh, uh, Vinnie Boombats. And we we discussed uh, his confidential informant to us. But anyway, that putting aside, Wonder Woman will be uh, getting... Married, and uh, (laughs) no better place for the alpha mic to be there with microphone in hand and, and filling in the gap. So, we're very happy that that's occurring. I also received a phone call from the cop, one of our best superhero co hosts, and he gave me the great news that he got promoted. At uh, 31 years in law enforcement, he has been promoted to the rank of lieutenant. So we give him a big hug, and we wish him all the best in what's coming ahead because well-deserved, well-deserved, my friends. This individual has a, a humongous amount of uh, experience, and uh, that agency is going to do well with him in that command position. And lastly, as uh, a lot of our nation listeners have known, that Mike Sierra had a little hiccup over with Mickey at Disney in uh, one of our series that we talked about, uh, Carrying Concealed, and how accidentally he had uh, a weapon on his uh, bag and going through checkpoint. And he basically turned himself in and told security uh, that he had the weapon and so forth. So they called the uh, deputies of Orange County Sheriff's Office. And uh, no arrest, nothing like that happened. But they, the, the deputies were in a very particularly strange position because it's an off-duty. So you work for Mickey that day. And everybody knows that a Mickey Mouse Town, there is no crime. So things are very well protected. And as a result, um, the deputies sometimes are in awkward positions because they're serving the master, which is Mickey. And uh, so there was no arrest in, in that case. and uh, But they did seize the weapon. They confiscated it for the safety of all beloved Mickey lovers, and uh, Mike Sierra went on his happy way. But it has been months and months and months, and he's patiently waiting, and there was no action from the state attorney's office as well. Even more good news there. But after more months of waiting and waiting (coughs) and nothing happening, he basically uh, started making phone calls. And, uh, after several phone calls, it was, uh, the tap dancing commenced and, uh, this one, that one, the other one, who knows, this one knows, I don't know. And basically there was a holdup on the chow line. couple of phone calls were made and, uh, so shout out to, uh, uh, Deputy Gonzalez over in uh, Orange County Sheriff's Office that, uh, helped me help Mike Sierra get his weapon back. So three outstanding stories of our super co host and we're happy that they're happy and everything's coming together there. So we got that out of the way, folks, because, you know, you got to talk the good stuff. You can't only talk about the bad stuff. So I'm glad to bring you that news. Now, speaking of bad news... I'll tell you my funny little story. Uh, Yesterday, I ventured out into technology land, and I wanted to become the proud owner of an Apple Watch. I went to the provider, the carrier that I have, and uh, did some window shopping. And uh, there, there's a great young man by the name of uh, Jason Goodman, and uh, at the Wiregrass Mall up by my neck over the woods, the T-Mobile shop there. And uh, Jason had sold me the original iPhones that I have. So we went back to him. Great service. Outstanding young man. So he gave me, you know, the difference between Series 3, Series 4, 40 millimeter versus 44 millimeter. And, um, you know, we talked about, you know, tag, title, tax, and you know, all that kind of stuff, and um, we made the necessary uh, stamps of approval on what we wanted, and we're basically getting all the phones geared up, syncing in with our phones and our watches. Everything's going good. <clears throat> so at one point, I got all excited and I took off my G, my G Shock phone. I mean, my G Shock watch. And as you all know, if you're in law enforcement, some of us actually believe that when you were in your mother's womb, you were wearing a G-Shock as you were birthed because no other watch for law enforcement was ever made but G-Shock. Today, after this story, this is more evident than ever. G-Shock, the, the watch that gets beat, Kicked on, stepped on, rolled over by cars, still taken. So for law enforcement out there, hustling, bustling, tussling, it is the preferred watch. But I ventured out because I'm retired after 27 years of dedicated service. uh, You know, I treat myself to some of what the millennials are doing nowadays. And, of course, technology-wise, I'm a little limited, so I hit the buttons and whatever happens, happens. So I took off my G-Shock watch, put it in my pocket, anticipating my watch, my new Apple watch, to be placed on my wrist. So Jason took it over to the little portal area they have where they have <coughs> charging ports. And, you know, so I'm briefly waiting for the, the uh, Apple watch to be charged up so you can give it back to me. (laughs) But for some reason, I said, well, you know what? I'll just put back on my G-Shock. Now, I'm one of those guys that have a watch on forever. Forever. It never comes off. So waiting five minutes was too much for me. So I quickly covered my wrist where there's a distinction between color between the watch band and my color, and you know, it's, you know, like wow, that's his real color. Look, that's the sun, and that's him. So, <clears throat> I I put on my G Shock again. So when I did get the Apple Watch, I put it in my pocket. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Now, of course, being active, I, I mean, excuse me, retired law enforcement, we are lovers of five eleven cargo pants. So we wear cargo pants, you know, uh, pockets on the side, always tactically ready. (laughs) And in Florida, you have tactical shorts. So I have my my, uh, tactical shorts on with my pockets to the side. And uh, so I quickly put the Apple Watch in that tactical pocket. And uh, everything was good. I was feeling good. We left, got in the car, Drove home. Now, during the ride, you know, big weather storms. starts raining and all that. No excuse. Uh, you know, this This is my error here. Got home. Entered through the garage. My house is completely covered with tile. Beautiful tile. Whole thing. I have no carpets. I live in Florida, for Christ's sakes. Why would I want a carpet? All tile. And I walk in. And as I walk in, I'm told, can I get, and they ask me for something. I have to reach into my wallet to get it, which, remember, is in my cargo shirt next to the watch. As I pull out my wallet to retrieve what I was asked for, the watch falls out. As it comes out, and of course, I tried the attempt to grab that fast enough, and all of a sudden, plop, like an egg. But I said to myself, look, I, 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 you know, I'm not new at this. This ain't my first rodeo. I know nothing happened. As I turned the watch to the side and I looked at the screen, of course, I went into denial by saying to myself, no, that's dirt. It's got to be dirt. It's got to be dirt. And I rubbed my finger across the top of the screen. And yes, folks, the spiderweb was there. Spiderweb, you might ask. Well, it is the crack in the armor. Brand new, out of the box, not even an hour old, cracked. Yep. <laughs> So how's your day going? He told me, let's get an iWatch. It'll be fun. You'll see. So anyway, all going to be corrected. Jason gave me some pointers on how to get it fixed. And um, great concept they have. Now you get the insurance, which he had told me about. Now I was like, ah, insurance. You know, how much is this gag going to cost me? But uh, he made an interesting point on the sale. He said, look, you never know. There's a difference between paying... Between paying Two or three hundred dollars to fix a screen than than sixty. I go, you oh, are you absolutely right. <clears throat> so I say, well, I'll throw it on there. I can always cancel it when whenever I want. <laughs> Perfect timing, but wish it never happened. But it did happen, so it's gonna be fixed. That's all. that's all. what are you gonna do? Sometimes, like my buddy used to say, time. Sometimes you can take the elevator. Sometimes you gotta take the stairs. Yeah, what are you gonna do? All right, so let's keep on moving along here because we've got a lot of things to do, and as you're sitting there chuckling over my misery over the iWatch, uh, we'll we'll keep things rolling here. Now, uh, recommended reading. I, I'm, I'm dwelling in this book. It's, it's very interesting. I've only gotten to like a, the first or second chapter, so we're not that much into it. In between dropping iWatches, uh, Apple Watches, I haven't had time, but, uh, interested read by Thomas Sowell of the Hoover Institute and Stanford University, a book by the name of Dismantling America. He is an economist and this man has, I I suggest that you, you Google, you look him up, Thomas Sowell, S-O-W-E-L-L. And, um. Listen to him. Listen to some of his interviews. He's 89 years old. God bless him. And uh, he talks about uh, the craziness of uh, government, how they basically can never do anything right and how that's all fits into our economy. So Dismantling America, that's the name of the book, and highly recommend it. As I read along, and of course, we're, we're going to have that in our sidebar series We're going to be quoting. That's why I'm reading it, folks, by the way. So remember, we just don't come at you with an empty gun. It's always loaded. Always got to be loaded. All right. Now, I've bored you enough. It's time to assemble the in-service class. Kids, I need you to simmer down in the background. Sit down in your chairs. We're about to go into heads up. Subject Has a Camera, Episode 91. What a main event this is going to be. Basically, it is a First Amendment audit. And you're probably wondering, what in the world is a First Amendment audit? Well, I'm here to tell you. And I'm also going to surprise you a little bit on what we think it is, what it really is, and how law enforcement, which is we, need to prepare for this a lot better than we've been doing because it has not been very nice. First Amendment audit is an American social movement categorized by its uh, practitioners known as auditors. How, who would have known? As active activism and citizen journalists, they test constitutional rights, in particular, the right to photographers for of photographers and video recorders in public spaces. So right now, some of you are listening to what I'm saying and say, oh, he's talking about troublemakers. So there, hold on to that thought right now. We're, we're going to start taking some of that away from you. And uh, orders also believe that the movement promotes transparency and open government. Now, of course, we know that some auditors don't know how to act. And uh, so there's in every project, every experiment in America, there's good and bad. So and that, that's whether it's a doctor, lawyer, police officer, auditor, yeah, bad and good of everything. And uh, so I looked at this and I actually stumbled upon this when I was doing some uh, research on an upcoming sidebar uh, episode that we were going to do about the wacky left and how they are dismantling law enforcement every uh, cockamamie project at a time. And as I did some research, I I threw something in the, the search and bingo, this thing came up. Now, it wasn't particularly what i was looking for but it interested me and i came across an individual that was doing his podcast or not his podcast i'm sorry i'm i'm i'm, I'm acting like a radio host foolish his uh, youtube and at that time as I stumbled upon, it, I said, "Well, let me give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Let me see what it's going on." He had a try. Saw some of the interactions. Uh, very uh, professional, but pushy, but just a touch of arrogance to go with the script. So he never crossed the line. He always had his foot on the line, and the cops were stummering and stammering, trying to figure out what the next move was, and they were losing. And I started picking up on some of the techniques. And the juices started flowing, and I said, wow, I've got hours and hours here of fun training that should be done. And if anybody knows me, they know that when I get on a specific uh, training episode, uh, the juices start flowing and uh, we start building. So this is one of these projects that I'm starting to get involved in. So I take this journey, but anyway, let me kind of read to you their um, their position. If, if, for lack of a better term, we believe that many of our rights and civil liberties as American citizens on American soil are at great risk and that a a simple act of civil disobedience has the power to effect great change. Hmm. While we have no interest or intention in breaking any law, good, we are willing to stand up for freedom and the Constitution at any time and at any place and do so in a responsible, productive manner. Okay, I like that. It is our goal to create a free and open discussion whenever possible in an effort to educate both ourselves and anyone with the with a desire to learn. A well-known rule of government is that the ig- ignorance is no excuse for the law, Of course. It is our stand that we as Americans have been either uninformed or misinformed regarding our laws and rights. Far too long. I agree. We are not attorneys or scholars. However, we have been involved in professional photography over 30 years and have had our rights and freedoms challenged more times than we can remember. No one group or person has the ability to affect change across the board. However, we are committed to doing our part and continuing to stand up for our constitutional rights to free press, and the right to take ph- photographers and video uh, and videos in public. So I read that, and of course, some, a couple, once in a while, a little alarm bell rang, but I, I agree. That's right, don't be shocked, if you're a brother in blue, you're sitting back right now. You're starting to hyperventilate. I Calm down. Sit down. And let's have a conversation about where we're going. So the gentleman that I I just read their, their YouTube page, um, about page, uh, has a GoFundMe and so forth like that. But I'm not necessarily promoting that. But if you're willing to give your money, <coughs> excuse me, his uh YouTube thing is called the the Press, and we'll po- post on our show notes, uh, maybe one or two encounters, just so you can see how it flows, how he flows with the law enforcement uh, scenario. It's not to embarrass anybody in uniform, it is for educational purposes. Now, with that being said, let's continue to move because we're 30 minutes into this, and there's a whole lot on the agenda. This will not be a one-episode podcast. We're going to have to have more, and I'll break down the, um, the curriculum, how it's going to uh, flow a little bit better for you. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So the group, now they do these First Amendment audits. It's about photography. It's about videotaping in public areas. What are we talking about? Well, police stations, libraries, post office, etc. And they just walk in. There's sort of a technique to it. And the challenges are outrageously funny and horrifying at the same time. Horrifying because you kind of notice at times, not all the time, but at times, governmental employees are brain dead when it comes to the First Amendment. Now, I've dabbled in law, as everybody knows. Uh, I am not a, a lawyer. I have never played one on TV either. <clears throat> but being a law enforcement officer, I always thought to be studious in brushing up on the law to perform my duties. When I started in my career early on, I was told by my supervisor, you're doing pretty good in that law thing. You know, you always come up with the answers. Why don't you study some Florida law so we can see how we gel our police reports and all that and put that in with you know a little bit of knowledge you have. And that's what I did for about 25 of my 27 years of my career. And of course, I still do it because it's something that I liked and I enjoyed. And I've talked on this podcast about who mentored me in law, which is a recently retired uh, judge from the federal bench. And um, so, but that's not uh, the point. Isn't? We're not going there because I'm, I'm not playing lawyer. That's for sure. And uh, there's enough lawyers in the world to corrupt the world. They don't. You don't know, need my my advice, but I am outraged in the little bit of training or the non-existent training that some law enforcement officers have when it comes to this issue and how it has not been taken seriously. Now, I want to break away and give a little, you know, war story because it wouldn't be a law enforcement podcast if you don't have a couple of war stories. <clears throat> so back in uh, November of 2003, of Miami was faced with, and I was a law enforcement officer in Miami-Dade County, but uh, law enforcement was uh, given the assignment of dealing with what? At the time, I don't even know if they still exist, but I'm sure they do. The, they're probably under another name, FTAA protesters. And um, at the time, and they stand for the uh, the free trade area of the Americas. Of course, the ACLU, the, ACLU, the lawyers, uh, coached them and told them how to act and what to do. But when we uh, when that issue was dealt with in 03, they were well organized. So they had the rebel rousers, they had the peacemakers, they had the camera groups broken out in the perimeters around the troublemakers. So when police encountered the troublemakers, f- pictures and, and video ofing a videoing of it could be uh, gathered. They even had an outer perimeter that in case police tried to encounter the person with the camera, they were being filmed by another camera. So what resulted in 03 was a lot of lawsuits and a lot of money was paid out. In particular, there was one from Miami-Dade County, and this was in dealing with uh, stripping procedures at the jail. And uh, early on in my career, I had written a grievance about uh, stripping of misdemeanors, which was an ongoing practice in Miami-Dade. They, they didn't care who who you were, what you were charged with as far as a misdemeanor. It was, you know, uh, stripped down to the way you were born and uh, lift up or bend down with a, and cough. And this went on for forever and I mean it had been going on forever I think since they opened up the the doors of the place so I found myself trying to have civil conversation about it with superiors I didn't go nowhere then we went into memorandum form that didn't go nowhere so we put it in an official grievance that grievance was heard there was three stages to be heard at the command level of the facility, the chief level that is chief over the facility, the director level of the agency, and then the last and final stage would be a hearing downtown administered by the county manager, which today is the county mayor. But when I reached the downtown <clears throat> area they never really dealt with the issue they stall it for a future date <clears throat> and this went on for years and I never got the date and I used to regularly on a regular basis at least once a year used to call hey where's my date because as long as I'm calling and asking for it um, my grievance is still open it's not, it's not closed <laughs> so when the FTA AA boys came into town. I don't know if I'm allowed to say boys without getting in trouble. So I'll say persons. When they came down, they brought lawyers with them before, during, and, of course, after the event, ready for the lawsuits. And in this specific case, to make a long story short, and some of you are saying too late, they sued One of the pieces of evidence against Miami-Dade County was my grievance, which was probably about a little bit over 10 years old at the time, sitting on somebody's desk, not heard, ignored. The the lawyers, they loved that because it was a cash cow. It showed deliberate indifference on the part of Miami-Dade County. And they won $500,000 for that stupidity and I often tell people that when I went to the first level of the complaint process of the grievance the commander of the captain of the facility I had asked in my grievance that statute did not allow for the stripping of misdemeanors without being charged prostitution. That was the statute. And we're doing it just because you're a misdemeanor. (coughs) And, of course, first appearance and all this. So I had put a remedy as saying probable cause. So basically saying, if you write a memo saying if the officer has probable cause to do so, I think he's got a weapon. I think he might be harboring drugs, blah, blah, blah. You can go ahead and do it. But the official, unofficial response was he pointed to his captain bars and he said, this is what te- this was, gives me authority to do it. It was, it was a joke. It was a freaking joke. So that was old school versus new school. And the old timers did a horrible job in preparing for the next battle. And I know there's a lot of them out there. This is baloney. Who does this guy think he is? But the bottom line is true. You've got to be willing, able, and prepared to turn into the next battlefield. You can't continue riding horses into battle. You've got to upgrade. And um, they didn't. (coughs) So long story short, uh, that lawsuit was uh, a part of, of what went down. So, all right, I've bored you enough with that. Let's get back into uh, the meat and potatoes here. So, this group, and we, we described what First Amendment audit is. Basically, I break you down a the scenario. They, they show up uh, to traffic calls, you know, police officers stop somebody in a traffic uh, offense. They might show up to that, start filming. Uh, the tactics pretty much are, uh, I, break, I broke them down into four elemental elements. Number one, uh, the passive resistance, which is all I do is I film if uh, outsiders, which means people that are not involved with the traffic stop, <clears throat> ask me questions. I kind of like ignore them. Or the other tactic is I could encounter them. But you, they usually try and, you know, it's like you're going fishing and the little fish hooks onto the bait, but you're really looking for the big fish. So you reel the line back in and throw it back out, but you're looking for the big fish, not the little fish. So they, at one point, will encounter the officer. So let's say if the officer says, what are you doing? Now, the officer made point of contact. Their response is, officer, what's your name, badge number? Okay, because the officer initiated contact interesting technique that they they learned because they learned this from the lawyers. And then sometimes you get the officer that gives them the actual name and badge number that should have taught this in in-service or during the academy. But then you get the knuckleheads. And I'll give you one example and I'll try to find it uh, a little press for time, but if not on this show, I'll post it on the next one where uh, this gentleman, Jason, he basically says to the officer, after point of contact, he says, what's your name and badge number? And he points to his chest area, a badge and his um, name tag, and he goes, it's right here. And he goes, oh, really? Really? Do you do that in court when the judge asks you what your name is? And he's right. It's 100% right. You don't. So why are you doing that in public, especially with people you don't know? I, it, it, to me, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. But uh, that's one example. The other example is it, he is uh, very professional in what we call, we have courses in, in law enforcement, uh, verbal judo. And it's kind to always be on top of the discussion. And he really does it so well that officers don't have a response for him because one of the things that they they did wrong was they weren't prepared for the event. But we'll get with that in a second about uh, being prepared for the event. The other thing that the uh, photographer does here, or the the person videoing, they're well-schooled and educated of where they're going, where the rule is, what is the rule and what is the law? So, for example, if they go to the post office, they know that it's on a bulletin board in the post office posted. It's rule number seven. So if the postmaster encounters or engages them, they basically goes, well, I'm just doing what the, what the government said you can do. It's on your bulletin board. Sometimes you get the postmaster that doesn't even know what you're talking about. And you read it to him. Look, it's rule number seven. You read it. And they go, oh, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. And, and then they feel stupid. Sometimes you can basically say it's the law, you know, it gives Supreme Court has made decisions about uh, public buildings, lobby areas, access portals, you know, entrances are accessible to the public. And so they take full advantage of that. Uh, But what's it, you know, some of the comical ones is, you know, walks into a police station with with a video camera, and all of a sudden, it's like Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Everybody's heads turning, green slime coming out of people's mouths. It's ridiculous, folks. You're a law enforcement agency. You should, and there's no excuse for it that you're not prepared for this event. Now, I understand there's always a knucklehead in every agency. I worked with many of them that uh, they couldn't tie their shoe. They 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 were too big. They couldn't a, They couldn't get out of their own way let alone fix anything. But you, they there has to be in-service training on this. Some agencies have caught up. Some agencies have really done a good job. Some agencies, prehistoric times, don't care. They're troublemakers. They'll deal with them. do will talk to them. They ain't no good. So in the beginning, I discussed how law enforcement can not confuse the two. I don't want you to confuse this movement with the F T A A group that I talked about, which could be construed as uh, antifa today. <laughs> now, are some of them doing this? Yes, yeah, of course they are. Of course they are. And you can go to YouTube and you go, you can put down First Amendment audit, and you'll see some of these guys are horrible. They're horrible. They, they, they're you know peeing in their pants. When they get they encounter police, they really don't know what to say. They just copied some guy off on YouTube it looked easy and then all of a sudden the cops showed up and oh crap. They don't know what they're doing. But when you do know what you're doing, when you're doing it for a purpose of educating, I agree with you. I don't agree with being nasty. That I don't. Now I know cops can be nasty. You talk about nasty? Two things. Never ask cop for money because then you're going to see the nastier side to nasty. And never defy an officer of his authority because then you'll see the nasty side of nasty again. So, the rule here is that you don't want to show up in uniform that your ego shows up first and th- about 3 to 4 seconds later your actual body shows up. This is a common occurrence in law enforcement. There are people that will listen to this podcast that are active in law enforcement, saying, Bro, "Don't listen to this guy. This guy's full of it, man. Who? Why? Don't? I'm not subscribing anymore." And they get all pissed off. And I know that's going to come. My foot's on the line right now. Yeah, keep it up, buddy. One more sentence, and we're going to boot you out. I know that. But the thing is, you're not prepared for the next event, so you're gonna you're gonna be the next one million hit on YouTube For being an idiot. So you can say whatever you want to say, but do you know the First Amendment? Can you recite the statute? Look at this guy's technique. If you've got a badge in your wallet or in your uniform, you need to perfect your craft to look like this guy, like the opposition. All right? So if you want to call him the opposition. I don't see them. I don't see him, as the opposition. I see him as a learning tool, but there will be people that you know he ain't not good. The commies and all you know. They're always going to be there. Haters will always hate my friends. Always. So, <clears throat> you've got to be prepared for that event, and uh, so law enforcement has a lot of a lot that they can do, in dealing with public spaces, video. Um, how they test the Constitution and so forth, <clears throat> and really learning the rules. It's kind of a little bit, they have gotten a lot better, I would say, but it, one thing that I've noticed in a lot of this hundreds of films that I, I've seen, somebody always has to ask someone else and it goes up a food chain to get the proper answer. Well, I see that as a mistake because the jackass all the way on the top of the food chain needs to either work the front post at the door or he needs to start sharing secrets because they're making the agency or the government employees look really stupid. There's one in particular that had not nothing to do with um, the gentleman I'm talking about, his group, but they went into um, a DMV. My gosh, I, I mean, it was literally the the movie The Exorcist. They spitted out green v- vomit out of their mouth. They were, you can't be here. Right? Call the security. They were on off hinges completely. Um, only to have the guy. Then you know, the cops came. They told him to stand outside and. You know, don't go in there. They don't want you in there. But have I broken any laws? No, you haven't. But just don't go in. Cops leave and he goes back in there. <laughs> they didn't achieve nothing. But my point is, all these employees are on YouTube looking completely freaking idiotic. How in the world can you be a government employee? And the first thing that comes out of your mouth, I don't give you permission to, to film me. Really? Who are you? So when you take a position as a uh, as a servant of the people, you serve the people, and that means these people are going to come out there. Look, there, there's all kinds. We know the ones. You stop it in traffic, stop, and they lower the window to a quarter of an inch and try to squeeze their license out uh, if they even want to give it to you and tell you that they're a citizen of the free world. I'm not talking about those people. They're special people. And there's special places for special people. But when you're being trained by lawyers for this type of verbal judo combat, law enforcement needs to be prepared. So there's a lot that we can talk about here. This is just the beginning. I will post a couple of his videos on there so you can see what I'm talking about. And I will close with... um, these final thoughts, it is so important for us as law enforcement officials to know that there are so many roads that we haven't even thought of that we will be going in to enforce enforce laws. You can't enforce a law if you don't know the law. So that means put up or shut up, time to have some real training some scenario based training like they did in CAT with the mentally ill folks out in the street and some readiness drills make sure that your your troops really know how to handle this and that can be done in training and i know there's a lot of uh, upper brass <clears throat> that would say i'm not i'm not wasting any money on that crap well if you're not going to spend money on that crap if if that's what you have to say you will um, spend money in court, and you will spend money in lawsuits. So, don't get it. I don't understand it. So it's a must. It has to happen. It has to happen. We will continue. We will stay focused on this subject. The First Amendment audit. It is in our Think Out of the Box series. Slowly, we will creep one or two of these in our train up series to train you on specific body positioning, verbal judo, and some aspects so law enforcement won't look so stupid. As always, folks, it is my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Raider Cop Nation. As always, I encourage you to continue seeking prayer, first of all, and most importantly for yourself, for your family, for your community for the police agency that serves you in your community and for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike. I'm out. And guide her through the night with a light from above From the mountains, to the prairies, to the oceans White with foam God bless America